Well, the two most dominant sides of 2021 stamped their dominance this weekend in football. Queensland with Peninsula Power picking up a crucial three points at home in the Premiership race. Well, Lions have seen the women's ramp up a dominant performance in the Kappa Women's Super Cup final. Adam, two, two fantastic performances we'll talk about later on, but it's a great weekend of football once again. Yeah, absolutely. Um, obviously, uh, a big occasion Friday night at uh, at CTM Stadium for the uh, Women's Super Cup. The result may have not been pretty, let's just say that. But uh, yeah, look, it, it was a, a big occasion. And then uh, Saturday night, Peninsula Power, you know, backs against the wall almost against you know, an informed uh, young Raw, and they've uh, found a way to pull it out. And maybe the the uh, result once again that could see them crown premiers. Maybe we'll get into all that later on in the Brisbane Football Review's MPL Sunday show. We'll start off with the MPL men's over, and it was. We will start with that game up in AJ Kelly Park and Reckless, where it was a 2 1 win for the Peninsula Power. Eli Adams gave the Raw the lead on the 40th minute. Two, minute, two, two minutes later, Andy Pingley got an equaliser, and 10 minutes from time, Hayden McHenry got the all important winner. And it was another really, really close game between these two sides, and it just seems like it's fine margins between. Between them when they met, particularly at AJ Kelly Park. Well, they only play at AJ Kelly Park, but in those three, the last three matches there, it's been decided late on, just by fine margins, Adam. Absolutely, it may have not been as uh, dramatic as the game this time last year, but uh, certainly it was it was all to play for um, right up to the final whistle. And uh, and yeah, look, uh, potential power where they need it the most. Uh, yes, they did win last week against Capalaba, but that was more about righting the ship. This is now about you know, the forward progress of that ship and towards the premiership, basically. With you know, I think it was a gutsy performance by them. This is this is what champion sides do, isn't it? When the backs are against the wall, like they were coming out of that FFA Cup loss a week and a half ago, going into stoppage time against Capalabar, knowing that they needed a result to to maintain their standing on top of the lead, to get that result, and then to steal themselves, albeit slightly underhanded, against the Raw this weekend to get the result. That's what champion sides do, isn't it? I'll deal with the underhanded bit in a sec, but uh, yeah, look, uh, for potential power as well, uh, backed up against the wall as far as in personnel, obviously, uh, you know, from missing from that raw, the uh, senior raw FFA Cup game, um, a massive hole in, in central defence with both Luke Plummer and um, Michael McGowan both injured. Uh, I think McGowan has gone for the season uh, with an ACL, whereas uh, Plummer may be touch and go for the finals. But that's that's two players that are, that's a big hole. Uh, to, to fill in, and obviously a great job by um, by Trent McAvoy and uh, Jesse Rigby to to really sort of, you know to deputise. We've also got Brendan White out for the rest of the year. I think and Xander Guy was unavailable as well. So they had a couple of players. I'm glad you mentioned Jesse because I thought him he, he was as a midfielder playing at Santa Mac, which he has done a bit this year. I thought he was absolutely superb in the middle of the back three and where he was marshalling the defence. I thought he had a masterful performance back there. Yeah, no, look, very, very underrated, and I guess you know, a workmanlike player, Justin Rigby. You know, he's not gonna, he's not gonna stand out as far as yeah, you know, on statistics and all that, but he will get a job done. He's done that, you know, for for a number of years now. Back from now, the the, the uh, you know, 2018 Western Pride Championship winning side, you know, right through, and uh, and like so, that be uh, one of his final performance for Pim Pim Power. Absolutely. And for the Raw, they were missing Cyrus Demi. He was unavailable with injury. They also had Dominic Horwood out suspended, but they had Eli Adams back who got the goal. And they played well, didn't they, the Raw, in terms of they had a lot of opportunities creating things. They just, again, it's fine margins. Do you think Cyrus might have made a difference, or or is that just a bit too simple to say he was unavailable so they, they were lacking in the front third? 
Uh, look, I think I did miss him. Um, it's probably no excuse uh, yeah. that uh, that like so they still probably had the um, the troops to be able to do it. But Cyrus Demi at this level, he he is a real X factor. And like I said, where where that you know they obviously like not not discounting you know, young Luke Broderick. He he, he did a job. Um, he he actually set up the the goal for Eli Adams. Um, but but yeah, look, I think Cyrus Demi brings something else, a bit more experience, a bit more physicality, which probably could have you know drawn drawn defenders away from the likes of Eli Adams and Keegan Yelchich. And that may have been the difference at the end of the day. And you may very well make the difference if the two sides meet in the finals. I'll have to wait and see if that happens. We'll talk about this game more in just a moment. But first, let's hear what both coaches had to say. We'll firstly hear from the assistant coach of Plinch of Power, Ben Ryan, and also the head coach of the Raw Youth, Chris Grossman. We're talking about assistant coach Punch Power, Ben Ryan. Ben, 2 1 winners here against Brisbane Raw Academy. That's a crucial three points for your side, isn't it? It is. Um, obviously, we're under, under manned injury suspensions, and uh, we knew it was going to be a really tough game because the Raw have been, well, they've been excellent all season, really, um, but especially in recent weeks, they've got the momentum, uh, and we obviously haven't. You know, we've got a different kind of momentum, so yeah, we, we just. We, we dug in at, at moments of the game that we needed to and uh, yeah, got one with about 10 to go. You mentioned momentum. Did you not take any momentum from the injury time winner last weekend at Capalba? Yeah, but we, we lost Michael McGowan that day with an ACL. So, you know, we were rocked by that on Tuesday. I think we got the scan results, or Wednesday maybe, or Thursday, whatever it yep. was anyway. Um, so the, the momentum from that was kind of like, it's like a bit of a hammer blow. And he's still got Plummer out, still got Xander out. Um, yeah, it was it was tough, but we, we got a team on the park and it's a good team. Don't get us wrong. I'm not bemoaning the lack of quality. It's a quality team. Um, but yeah, it's we're, we're depleted, shall we say. You mentioned players filling in. Jesse Rigby at centre-back tonight was absolutely outstanding, wasn't he? Yeah, um, he's done it a few times this year uh, when we've gone the three. And uh, I, I think he's... I think he's been one of our best players this year. He came in late in pre-season. Um, and, yeah, he's, as I say, he's, everywhere he plays, he does well for us. So, been a great signing. And also the energy of Lewis Greenwood in the front. Was that, was that what that was about, trying to get a bit of energy in that front of his, his running? Yeah, well, Lewis did really well against um, the senior row team in the cup, we thought. Um, and he just gives us a bit of mongrel. Um, and I, I think, you know, against a, a really good, sharp, young raw side, probably just need to be a bit physical with them uh, I have to say um, I, I think we were physical today but I don't think they kind of they didn't shy away from it they kind of give a little bit back so fair play to them but yeah Lewis is you can play Lewis anywhere and he do your job Got to ask you about the change to the field today what's the thought behind that? Um, well we we've looked at the games that we think that the Raw have struggled in and it's been on narrow, narrow fields um and we just we asked the question of the grounds, are we allowed to move it in? Um, and we moved it in. It's actually, I think it's gone, and don't, I want to get the figures right, it's gone in from 74 to 66 metres and A-League standard 68. So it's actually it's closer to A-League standard than it's not. So it should be good preparation for them. It should be just finally, you mentioned the big win, so that kind of puts the premiership race back in your favour, doesn't it? With the game midweek against Gold Coast and then Magpies at home next weekend. Yeah, look, I think it was always in our favour. Uh, you know, we'd certainly not say that we were rocked or anything like that. We were running empty, but um, we just have to take care of business. Like, we've got five games left. Mathematically, it's two wins, I think. Um, 
let's just let's just try and get them as quick as possible. I, I don't want to be going into the last two games needing to win. So, yeah, we just have to keep preparing well and hopefully we get there. Thanks a big week ahead, Ben. Congratulations. Cheers. Thank you, Tom. Your coach is a young raw, Chris Crossman. Chris, 2-1 defeat tonight, but your side played pretty well. What are your thoughts on the match? Yeah, I was pleased with the way we played. I think uh, the biggest disappointment is we weren't allowed to play. I think that was quite evident from the sidelines. I think uh, it was quite frustrating. Uh, And it's led to one of our players now being out for potentially quite a while. So I think that's probably the most disappointing thing. And... Um, I hope it gets reviewed because uh, it's disappointing to see. So you had no idea in advance that the field was going to be a bit narrow today? No, I didn't. I think you know it's still rectangle. So for us, it's uh, it's um, you know it's still playable. I think you know there were moments tonight where we should have been better. Uh, we had them under the pump and we, we didn't punish them the way we should have. But um, you know, it come back to hurt us and it's uh, you know an, an, an error by Nathan tonight which uh, which let us down. So. Um, yeah, it's disappointing, but we'll regroup. There's, there's three games left for us and a lot of points still to play for, so we'll continue to keep pushing. Tonight's a, a little blip that we probably didn't need, but it's it's come and it'll test the character of the young group and, and we're going to get back to the training track on Tuesday and, and be prepared to to prepare for Calabar on Sunday. It's another game where you've played really tight, tense game here against Mitchell Play. Do you think it's just coming to like really fine margin and individual moments in matches that are deciding? These matches, because from the outside, it looks like it's two very evenly matched sides. Yeah, it does. I mean, it was it was a good game. Don't get me wrong. I think uh, you know, I think at times the football was really good. Um, I would have liked to have seen the football played more, which is probably the reason for my frustration. I think uh, you know, there's times where you, there's free kicks and they're in positions where throughout the year we've been quite dangerous, and it's uh, it's played on to what advantage I don't know, but. Um, but yeah, it was a good game. It was a 1v2 clash. I think uh, everything out there was replicated of that. And um, yeah, it's just uh, disappointing. But um, we'll regroup and we'll, we'll go again. All right, thank you to Ben and Chris. As always, taking the time to talk to us after the game. And Adam, they both referenced this issue with the pitch, which it was brought in a fair bit. I think it was 74 metres brought into 66 and as you heard there from Ben Ryan it's brought back into basically an A-League standard width of a football pitch it was it was noticeable and it was certainly something no one was expecting and it was bizarre but do you have an issue with it? Ah look no not really I, 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 at the end of the day um, if there was an issue uh, the referees were picked up on it um, they, and they would have they would have sort of certainly said something about it the 66 metres across seems like it, it's within it's within sort of um, parameters. So I think 68 is the, as, as Ben may have men- mentioned in the interview, um, that is the standard for, for the A-League, for A-League and uh, FFA Cup. So, look, at the end of the day, it, you've got to play the conditions. Um, whether, whether like, morally, and, you know, I'm, I'm sure people from both sides will beat up from as far as, you know, oh, was it the right thing to do, morally right or wrong? But look, at the end of the day, home field advantage. And, you know... Like I said, it, it may be—it's a case of that. You know, when Raw did have a home ground at Logan, like, so they probably had, they had the white, one of the widest pitches in the league because they they simulated the width of Suncorp Stadium, which is probably one of the widest pitches in the league. So, so so yeah, so it's a case of you know, yeah, you got home field. You know, if you if you need to go that far to do it, why not? And obviously, it worked because as as Ben as Ben said, if it, I think you said off camera. If it didn't work, 
Oh, that would have been really looked bad. Absolutely. It certainly would have looked bad, but I've no, I had no idea what the standard width of a football field was in general anyway. I knew it was obviously narrower than usual, but I couldn't tell you if it was standard across the board in the MPL or if some some pitches are bigger than others. I haven't got a clue. So to me, I don't think I think don't, don't think it makes any difference. And to be honest, you said it perfectly. You just play the hand that you dealt, and it was a maybe slightly narrower pitch on the day. Who knows what will happen? In well, the both future. teams both teams got to play to that. And look, yeah. I, I can't imagine that you know Peninsula Power in a way would have taken advantage like that, knowing the way they play with you know having three at the back, having wing backs, having wingers. Look, uh, I, it might, like I said, I don't know if that fully advantaged them as well. I think it's more about stopping the raw and stopping their width rather than sort of, you know, taking advantage of them. So, again, it's probably a wash in that. And that it's just one of those trivial things, you know, that, uh, yeah, the pitch was narrower, but at the end of the day, both teams got to deal with it. And uh, at, at the end of the day, potential power scored two goals. Brisbane Roy scored one. They did got to deal with it, and they dealt with it quite well. We should mention our best, best wishes to Brandon McMurray, who went off mm. with what looked like an ankle injury. Hopefully... He'll be okay and back in the season at some point in the final series. We'll move on now, Adam, to the rest of the games across round 26 in the NPL men's competition. Starting up at Ballinger Park, where it was a 1-0 win for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers against Gold Coast Knights. A goal from Ethan Galbraith, his eighth of the season, just before half time. This obviously has massive ramifications in the finals race. Is it a bigger result for the Sunshine Coast Wanderers or for Gold Coast? Because I think you can make an argument both ways. Yeah, I think it is. I think it's equally as important. I think for Sunshine Coast, three points that probably they didn't bargain on, you know, gaining, you know, in this in this finals race. And I think they they may have been paying their hopes on going to um, Walter Park in a couple of weeks' time, and that was that was the big game. But that takes the pressure off them now because because obviously three points against Sunshine against Gold Coast Knights, uh, that that's big for them. But Equally as important, that's three points that I think Gold Coast Knights banked on having as far as, you know, insulating themselves as far as, you know, having you know, more games in hands than the others. That, that really leaves them exposed. I think they're in bit of trouble as far as, as far as, you know, basically at the end of the day surviving uh, when, once all the games equal up. Yeah, well, the Sunshine Coast Warriors are now ahead of Gold Coast on the table. I think Gold Coast, I think Sunshine Coast, sorry, would have probably looked at Lions, Gold Coast nice potential of power all at home in the back end of the season, along with Olympic, and said, we need at least one result out of those games, possibly two, to secure a spot in the top top four. And they've got a result now at home already against Gold Coast Knights. It's a great result for them. I tend to agree with you when it comes to the Knights. I think they've been playing pretty well in the last few weeks, but that result, given the fact that they've played the extra game, I think when those games get caught up, they could be finding themselves on the outside looking in. Yeah, I think so. And also as well for them, you know, do, does, uh, I guess, priorities shift now as well? Because obviously, yes, they're still in the FFA Cup. Obviously, if it gets played, um, you know, we do, we do know there's one result uh, today, which means that there's four teams now through the round 16. Um, but, uh, but yeah. Maybe the I semifinals, think, you never know. Yeah, absolutely. But, uh, but yeah, it's a, it's a case of now, does, does the priorities change? Because, yeah, they buy the numbers and they're going to need some results to really go in their favour. And then they're no longer in control of Destiny, put it that way. Absolutely. And one team who is no longer, one team who is in control of Destiny, however, is the Lions FC. They had a 2 0 win at home on Saturday night against the Brisbane Strikers. Goals from Max Mickler in the sixth minute, his 18th of the season. Alex Fechner in the 30th, his 11th of the season. It's a 2 0 win. For Lions, it puts them into third place, and we'll talk about the table in a minute. But at the other end of the table, this result confirms what's been coming for 
quite a long time, Adam, with the Brisbane Strikers relegation. And we could take this a couple of ways. We could we could have a bit of a joke about it here, but this is a big football club in Queensland and a former National League club, National League champion, two-time MPL Premier. They've won state leagues in the past. To see them in the second division, it, it just doesn't seem right. But based on the course of the season, it's absolutely what, what should be happening. Yeah, look, they simply, uh, uh, the squad they've had uh, was not good enough. Uh, this is, yeah, I, look, we, we talked about it um, off air about whether this is a bigger uh, relegation than Brisbane City last year. And I sort of tend to agree that it is. You know, not, not because of the way, I think City were a bit complacent as far as um, that basically it just got away from them and they ended up just putting themselves in a position where they tried to dig their way out and ran out of time where I think strikers from basically from game one we knew that they were, they were in big trouble just based on their squad, the the sort of squad policies. Uh, John Cosmina at signing after ten games, you know, I think yeah he may have jumped ship knowing what the inevitable fate was. Um, yeah, but I, I think I, I think it need the club needs to pause and sort of you know you know that's then you know what's the next step is for them. Yeah, you know, they try and continue this youth policy because I think. On paper, I think they uh, with a couple of additions, they may have you know, a good enough side to get top two next season. But then again, you know, or do they go down the sea path and really sort of take pause and really invest to get back? Because again, like, I don't want to say that they don't, like, I've said with any club in Queensland, they don't have a divine right to be in the top, top tier. However, it is going to be a very, very strange and different place without strikers in the NPL next season. They absolutely don't have a divine right. And I kind of disagree with you in the sense that they will bounce back. I'm not so sure about that. Because I think about Brisbane City at the back end of 2020. And yes, they got relegated. But right to the dying minutes of that season, they were they were fighting and they were playing well at the back end of the season. And they almost saved themselves in, the, in stoppage time at Goodwin Park. So there was a lot of fight about Brisbane City. And I think they'd righted the ship at that point. It just happened too late for them. And obviously, we've seen hmm. what they've done this year. We'll talk about that later on. I don't see that with the strikers. It's a very, very young side. And I think they need to bring in some senior players because what they have is probably a really, really good under-23s team where the where the best four or five of those kids could make up and be part of part of a senior team over the course of a season. But they just they don't have enough senior, senior players around them to guide them around the park. And I think if they do genuinely want to return to the NPL at the first time of asking, I think that's what they're going to have to to address because there's some good teams in the FQPL next year. With Caboolture coming up, we know how strong they've been this year. There's other really good teams in there like the Thunder and Western Pride and, and a couple of others. So I don't think it's any sure thing that just because they're the Brisbane Strikers and they've got a few good young players that they're going to return. I think it's, I think it's a bit of a rebuild job there. Yeah, look, well, possibly. Like, so that, that that's a decision that's up to the club now, whether they do put in um, and really sort of, yeah, try and fight and, and you know, bring in, build a team that you know, can get back. Uh, but you're right. They may not have the resources to do it. Like City, City were lucky. And uh, look, I absolutely agree with you. Like they, they fought right to the end. Um, let, let's, let's just, you know, let's, let's put it out there. They Last year, they fought right to the end. And you know, the task of going to Olympic and, you know, save himself was just a little too much. This was a fairly meek and inevitable surrender from from uh, strikers and we, and still with three rounds to go. So they, they, this has been coming along. This has been coming a long time. And, yeah, and they, they, they were facing that prospect. So it, the next the, the ball is in the club's court, whether they they continue on this progress. And look, maybe they, maybe it might be a few years before they come back, um, depending on how they go. Or do they react 
you know, swiftly and, you know, and do try and get back on the first asking. So, yeah, look, at the end of the day, we can speculate, but it's up to the club what they want to do and how they want to, um, how to continue, you know, in FQPL next season. So some big decisions to be made at the Parc de Paris. We'll move on to another game on Saturday night, which had some implications at both ends off the table. Olympic FC won, Redlands United won. Olympic took the lead in the 85th minute through Zach Anderson. And Papasturglu in the 92nd minute for Redlands, picking up a point. It's a very, very thin line that Redlands are walking to try and secure safety. So is this a... Is this more about the two points drop for Olympic potentially costing them a top four spot in a couple of weeks' time, or is it the beginning of the greatest, the great escapes for for Redlands, Adam? I think I think it's both again. I think uh, look, you got you got to sort of think that you know Redlands obviously still believe because going down one nil, you know, five minutes to go, you you just almost say, oh well, that's yeah, that's it. We've given everything we can. Well, you uh, compare but, that to strikers; they they kept yeah. fighting until the last minute, and got something. Yeah, and and there's still there's still a path. we we said about about a month ago that there's still a path, you know, to to go for Redlands to save themselves, and they're still on that path. They've had a couple of slips and whatnot, and results have sort of you know benefited them when otherwise it probably would have seen them relegated. But at this stage, they are still they are still within sight of Capalabar, and um, if they win their next two and Capalabar do nothing in the next two weeks, it comes down to the Redlands derby on the final day of the season, um, potentially to save themselves. Which you're right. It would be of all the great of their great escapes. This would be the most miraculous one of all. It would also be the greatest of derby days at yeah. at Max Haynes Field if it were to happen. We'll have to wait and see. There's a lot of things that need to happen mm. to line up for that to actually be the case. We'll have to wait and see over the next couple of weeks. But talk about the doors opening up for teams. Adam Morton Bay United, three teams ahead of them drop points in the in games that finished before their game finished on Saturday night. And they were at home to a bottom-half team, Logan, and they were not able to get the job done. Logan with a win by four goals, three goals from Coots, Goulding, Green, and Jeb Brown in the 90th minute. Two goals for Rio Ono, one for Sack Kierpal. If the door wasn't completely shut on the top four, that surely does it, right? Because the, they had a chance to get back into it and they weren't able to take it. Yeah, yeah, I think that this was this one will hurt. I think this one, oh, they fought. They fought back twice. Um, I actually think they might have actually even led. I, I can't remember what the uh, the goal flow in front of me. How the goal scorers, but they, they certainly did they did lead by yeah. three goals. They, I think, no, yes, they did lead at one point. Yeah, yes, I know they were down. They were down two. They were down two nil at one stage, and they fought back. And you now for for them to sort of uh, lose again. Um, yeah, I think that's. I think that one. Will sting a bit for uh, Royce Brownlee and his team, but look again. I think that that is probably going to be all as far as you know their their top four hopes. But again, they've had they've had a good season. I think they'll they'll finish probably comfortably in seventh, um, and they'll know they'll they'll only do you know going ahead of next season. They certainly made massive strides, but might just be a bridge too far this year into the top four. One team who are making strides at the back end of the season out of his Gold Coast United three 0 winners over Magpies because on the Gold Coast goals from. From Jared Kyle, Sam Smith, and Shane Smeltzer, the big three centre forwards on the score sheet for Gold Coast. And I guess they would have liked to, to see that a bit more this season. Well, I'll tell you what, if uh, you if you had those three together um, more this season, I, th- I think Gold Coast United would be talking them as a potentially a top eight uh, top eight team rather than sort of you know starting to move they're starting to move away from the bottom now. Obviously, we always knew that with games in hand. 
But uh, yeah, look, it's still still won't bear the fact that it's probably been a very very disappointing season for them. I'd say um, a lot of disruption, uh, games behind. So their 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 true position won't be apparent where they sit in the league until probably the last day of the season once they catch up. But yeah, still by their stands and their ambitions, I think it's it's a disappointing season. Absolutely. In the final game of the round, a one-all draw between Eastern Suburbs and Kapalabar. Goals from Mitch Bird and Omar Siddiqui there at Heath Park. And we won't spend too much time on this, Adam, but that's a bit more of an even contest than the last time those two sides met at Heath Park. Isn't it? I believe we were there for that. I think James Meyer might have run right. <laughs> he did. Uh, yeah. The, at least, uh, yeah, the, the nightmare of, of that 10-2 loss last year. Um, like I said, that, that was one of the most amazing games I ever, I've seen for a long time as far as you know, just everything falling in place for East. But uh, obviously, uh, one, one all uh, draw there. But uh, for both teams, uh, for East, like I said, they're camped mid- mid-table. That's probably where, they, where they're where they happy to be. Kapalabar, had they have gotten the winner, our discussions about Redlands would be all over. And they, they need they need one more point in their last, in their last three to, to, to gain safety. So they are close. They just need, you know... They just need you know, one more point to uh, seal Redland's fate. Yes, they are right at the finish line. They just need to walk over it. We'll have to wait and see if they can do that in the next couple of weeks. We'll go through the table now quickly. Peninsula Power, they are now four points going on top of the table after with 52 points from 21 games played. They have two games in hand on the Brisbane Royal Academy who have played 23 games for 48 points. Then you've got Lions FC on 47. The Wanderers on 47. Both of those two sides up one spot this week. Gold Coast Knights with their defeat. They dropped down into fifth place on 46 points from 24 games. And then you've got Olympic, 43 points after 22 games. And Moreton Bay, 39 points from 23. Then you've got East, 29. Gold Coast, 27. Logan, 25. Kapalabar, 21. Redlands, 12. Magpies, 8. And Brisbane Strikers on 8. So that's, well, we've spoken enough about the bottom end of the table. So I think that's pretty clear now what needs to happen. Redlands need to win three games. And Kapalabar need one point to survive. So we won't go over that again, but in terms of the top four, it looks like to me now, is it, is it a race between th- four teams for th- for two spots with Peninsula and the Raw probably secure in a top four position and Lions, Wanderers, Gold Coast, and to a lesser extent Olympic, if they can win their games in hand, their game in hand, having a chance? Uh, look, I think it comes down to, I'm just, just on the, the uh, ladder. Um, you, you'd almost say about Brisbane Raw Academy, just on the face of it, uh, that they still win striking distance, but you would expect them to probably go nine for nine the rest of the way. They they have got some uh, games, haven't they? They have. They've got Logan. They've got Kapalabar, and I cannot think who the third te- team Magpies is. Crusaders. Oh yeah, Magpies Crusaders up in Mackay. So that that should be nine out of nine for them. So I would say their finals bound. Uh, look, Lions the way they're going at the moment. They they they're probably the um. The most informed team in the league at the moment. Uh, they they look they look pretty safe, and then I think it's the I actually think it's uh, three teams for one spot. I I think you know Sunshine Coast have got a you know, have got a huge run of games uh, where they do have you know, you know top the top six opposition at home the rest of the way. Olympic have got a couple of games as well, and I think they need to you know capitalize, including. Um, a win over. They need to. They need to beat Sunshine Coast uh, next Saturday night for you know for, to keep them on track. They, they lose that next week. Um, they may be gone. I think that's like there's two games that will decide almost who's going to make it because they've got Olympic against the Wanderers. Then they have Lions at home the following week. So I think if Olympic are going to 
to be in this discussion. They need at least four points out of those two games, and they probably would be looking at needing six in order to to put themselves in the position because their makeup game is not until I believe it's the thir- the Wednesday before the final round of the season. So their their catch up game isn't for a while. So I think they're going to they're going to need the points against against the Wanderers and against Lions. We don't normally go through the Golden Boot in too much detail. We'll go through it quickly now. Andy Pingley leads the way on 23 ahead of Cyrus Demi and Max McCollar on 19 and 18 each. So he's got a the power have got a bit of a grip on the top on the top spot in the Premiership, and Andy Pingley's got a nice little lead lead there. Adam, speaking of the power, they've got a catch up game midweek away to Gold Coast United, and they play Magpies at home next weekend. Two wins there would see them crowned back to back premiers. Do you think by this time next weekend we're talking about? Peninsula being the 2021 Premiers? You know what? Um, that that Gold Coast one. game is a bit it's more the Gold Coast game looks, that, isn't it? The Gold Coast game is the one that I'm very cautious to say, you know what, that's... Let, let's just say that if they do go down to Talabadra and get all three points on Wednesday night, yes, they will be they will be Premiers on so, next Saturday night. Um, but that that is, is going to be a very, very tough road trip. You know, going down to the Gold Coast midweek... It looks like Gold Coast United are on a bit of a roll at the moment, uh, even though I think they'll be they will be missing Jared Cole through suspension. Um, but but still, they, even even a even a point um, for for Gold Coast United could at least you know you know sort of I guess delay the uh, Premiership celebrations. That's going to be a very very uh, big game on Wednesday night as far as the Premiership race goes. Absolutely, it'll certainly be a very interesting game, and we'll have to wait and see what happens over the next next seven days. We'll move on now to our women's discussion, Adam, and we'll start off with the Kappa Women's Super Cup final, played on a very important day on Friday, where they celebrate 100 years of of women's football in Australia. It was a an absolutely dominant performance to cap the occasion from Lions FC, seven one winners over Western Pride at CTM Stadium, four goals from Shay Connors, two from Tegan Riding, one goal each from Amy Gunston. And Marielle Hecker, that that fabulous front four, were on fire on Friday night, and it was great viewing. It was, um, yes. As much the, as we would have hoped for a, a bit more of an even game, watching them perform to their best was just brilliant. I would say that the uh, the game a hundred years ago at the Gabba was a little bit closer than this, uh, but yeah, look, but they, there's no denying at the moment that um, that yeah that this Lions team is one for you know the history books as far as yo. Know, just the way I play, the squad they've assembled, um, and they they, show, they showed it. They they from the second minute they they were on the board, and you sort of have a sense that this is going to be our know, procession. And yeah, and that's look, Western Pride had a couple of chances, but look at the end of the day, I think they were outclassed. Um, and, and yeah, but I think that it wouldn't matter who was in the final at the moment. I think Lions just it was their destined to be uh, the the cup holders. Absolutely. I think, look, I think Western Pride, they would have been really hoping to keep stay in the game for as long as possible, maybe get the first goal in the game. But I think the I think it was in the second minute when Amy Gunson opened the score with a great finish. So right from the first whistle, Lions were up for it. That's two trophies in a week for them. They may may round out the season with the third. We'll have to wait and see. But I think you've got some stats, Adam, on just how dominant this Lions team is. Yeah, look, um, we saw, I saw us looking back today. Um, 24 league matches unbeaten, 100 and... 135 goals to 10. So that shows how how um, you know dominant they are, but not the most dominant team in NPL women's history. That honour was also coached by Rob Askew, 
um, for the GAPS 2016 wing team, where they actually went 39 matches unbeaten, 183 goals and 22 goals conceded. They, they were a very, very yeah, good team. Uh, Peninsula Power was their last defeat in 2000 on. 2015, and also the first team that beat them when they when they won the title in 2017. So uh, they also own a little bit of piece of history there. But uh, yeah, look, uh, the sky's the limit with this team as far as yeah, they've, they've still got a couple of games to play out in the regular season before finals. Um, it would be an incredible shock to see them you know you know sort of you know not claim the treble from here. I'd say absolutely two great teams coached by Rob Askin. Speaking of Rob Askin, see what he had to say after the. After the win on Friday night, 7-1 winners in the Kappa Cup final over the Western Pride. We're talking about the coach of Lions, Rob Askey. Rob, 7-1 winners in the Kappa Women's Cup Super Final. Congratulations. Your thoughts on the, on the match? Um, well, obviously, we're delighted to win it, to be the first team to win the, 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 this particular competition. Um, you know, we always felt that we had the, you know, we had the quality to win the game. Um, I think have got to praise Western Pride. They, they're very competitive and they never give up and... Um, you know, even when we were up by you know, four or five goals there, well, you always felt that they could score, and, and they did. So, uh, yeah, well done to them. Um, your side started off really, really quickly on the front foot. Was that the kind of message you sent out there with the players to try and get the, get the first goal really quickly and put them on the back foot? Um, not specifically, you know. The focus was more on making sure that we, got, that we were up for the contest, that we won our individual duels, that we were, you know, competitive. Um, and we, we stuck to our processes and that we, we would get results. I, I thought, though, after two that we, we, I don't know, made a drop off one or two percents. And, and they certainly had a period in their half where um, we were a little bit rattled. Um, we had to defend for long periods. And that was kind of disappointing. But certainly in the second half, we were, we were the dominant team and, it, and had certainly had more control over that game. Uh, it's been a big week for both yourself and the club to hold wrapping up the Premiership a week ago now, the Capital Women's Super Cup. How does this sort of rank for you in terms of achievements in terms of what this side's achieved so far in 2021? Look, it's a fabulous achievement. Um, they've been just absolutely relentless, ruthless in the, in the league. And um, and each week they turn up and they put in top performances and, and have done great things. For us now, our mind, uh, our focus turns towards the grand final. Um, and uh, obviously, you know, we've it looks like we've lost Holly McQueen uh, for... Uh, to a serious knee injury, which is devastating for her, with her uh, being on the cusp of playing in the W League. So, you know, it's it's taken a little bit of a fair bit of the shine off to off tonight. But um, you know, she'll bounce back. She's a she's a strong character. It has you've got a strong squad. What happened to her? It's a massive loss, Holly, and terrific young player. And it's a huge loss for her personally. We've got oh, a number of good players you can bring to the side. We can, but they're not centre backs. It's been a bit of a problem for us this year. We looked like we were going to have four at the beginning, and then we lost Abby Everts to an ACL in pre-season. And um, you know, we've been getting along with those two since Holly came back from the W League. And um, you know, the first game, Holly came back, we had a 3 all draw, but since then, we nearly have had a 1,000 minutes with, with clean sheets, and certainly that's to a large extent due to, due to what she brings to the team, so she's going to be, she's going to be missed. And just finally, you mentioned the grand finals. You've got two trophies, you've got the grand finals to the play for. How do you go about preparing for that over the next two weeks? You've got a couple of big games left in the league. Is it about freshening up a little bit or is it about trying to stamp it, put a marker down against a couple of teams who you might face later on? It's definitely about both. Um, for us, 
more than any other team in the league since we came back from six weeks off we've had a very very strong heavy schedule and we've managed that I think quite well um, probably looked at the girls earlier in the week and there was a bit of uh, not so much physical fatigue but a bit of, maybe a bit of mental fatigue and we have another midweek game this week um, so it'll be a recovery on, on Monday and um, game Wednesday and then we'll play against Gold Coast on Sunday and then we'll probably settle into a relatively normal training week the following week but for us we also want to um, we'd like to go into those games with two goals one is to you know see if we can get through undefeated that's something really we'd like to achieve but also it's an opportunity to um, you know make a statement put, um, put ourselves in a strong psychological position if we play against those two teams I've been watching Capalabar and I feel they're a team coming into a great deal of form right now so they're going to be really tricky and, and Gold Coast are a different side to the one that we played when we beat them 5-0 away previously so good preparation um, but it is going to be a real question of, of managing that training load so that we don't pick up injuries and that we're still fresh and, uh, and ready to, to go into those finals. All right, thank you, Robas, for taking the time to talk to us there after the game on Friday night. Now, Adam, it was almost the perfect night for Lions to see on Friday night. They were obviously a fantastic performance lifting the cup, but the injury sustained by Holly McQueen, it looks like an ACL injury for her, and it's shocking timing for a really good young player who looked like this could have been her breakout year in the W League for the Brisbane Raw having been signed. It looked like she was probably going to play a lot of football for them over the course of the summer. And that's now unfortunately going to have to wait through a, a very unfortunate injury. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it was the black cloud on what was a clear magical night for um, for Lions Football Club. Yeah, losing Holly McQueen the way she, they did, um, completely innocuous. Um, it was just one of those uh, things. She she went for a run, um, you know, dribbled the ball down. She fell awkwardly, and yeah, it was it was actually some distressing scenes because she looked okay and then she just collapsed on it. You know, trying to warm up to get back on. It was it was you know, very hard to watch. At times, um, also as well, was it would have been um, very, very anguishing for uh, Western Pride coach Pi Augustine, her, her mother, um, obviously trying to coach against that. But then her daughter, you know, is there, sort of, you know, you know in pain. Um, yeah, it was wise, really, sort of, you know, yeah, gut wrenching moments. Yeah, but I wish her all the best in recovery. She, you know, she, she is a star for for her age. She's a star of this league. I reckon she would have been would have been very, very good for the Raw um, in in the W League season, it would have been potentially a breakout year, but we're, yeah, we're going to have to wait and look, hopefully, you know, she comes back any year's time, you know, stronger and better than ever. But uh, yeah, I I really feel for her. I think a lot of people in the uh, community that obviously that know her, know of her and who are there, I think wish her the best. I think that one, I think Brisbane Raw would actually be also Gathwick first to be absolutely gutted as well, because they're going to need to go and, you know, somehow, somewhere, go and find another central defender to, you know, so to, I guess, you know, fill their stock. So I don't think they, they'll, they're they very, very sort of, you know, I guess uh, they don't really have the personnel in that defensive role at the moment that, you know, and that's a big hole that Holly will now leave. Well, that's when that Gareth McPherson is going to have to go and look at resolving. And it was certainly very difficult to watch, particularly when the Western Pro Coach Pie did go down to the, across to the other side of the, the dugout and console her daughter. It was very, very difficult to watch. And you're right, it was, it was just, the worst thing that you could possibly think to happen for a young player who's been so good this year in the NPL. I mean, we talk a lot about this Lions team and focus on the front third, and we've spoken about the mm. great goal 
conceded record that they do have, but a large part of that is down to Holly McQueen's work at the back as an unsung hero, and it's just the worst thing you could possibly think to happen. Yeah, look, no, no denying that. Uh, yes, yeah, seven, seven of those, only seven of those goals was because she started late after returning from the W League after being with the Raw in their squad. Um, yeah, seven, only seven goals we can see since she has been at centre back. You know, from from uh, sixteen games. So that, and that it's not just her; it's the whole back line. But yeah, she was a focal part of that. And uh, yeah, like I said, I think Lions. I think they will be okay. I think as far as that, I think they they'll have players to come back. Um, and I think even even so, I depending on who comes back to place, I still think they'll back themselves attacking wise to be able to you know beat almost anyone. But yeah, I think you know, from from a personal level, I think yeah, it's just it's just gut wrenching to see you know a young player so much promise you know go down with injury and another, you know, young promising player, you know, taken out by an ACL injury. So look, that's probably a debate for another time, a discussion for another time about, you know, why this is happening. Um, but yeah, it's just it's just really unfortunate. It is we wish Holly the best of luck with her recovery and hope to see her back on the field very soon. Well Lions were inactive in the league this week and there were other games played in round two of the NPL women's and it was two road wins, one for Gold Coast, you know, 3-0 away to the QAS, two goals for Eloise West and one for Isabella Habuda, her 27th of the season. At, in the other game, 2-0 for Capalaba over Morton Bay United, two goals from Larissa Crummer in that one. And in the game played this evening up on the Sunshine Coast. It was a pretty important win, Adam, 2-1 for the Sunshine Coast over South United. They came from a goal down to win that game, did the Wanderers, and it just leaves South's quest for that fourth spot in the finals in a little bit of peril. Yeah, that's um, it's going to be tough for them to come back from from here. Um, I, I would say that probably that they may have just handed East that fourth spot. Um, yeah, East, East play a Lions midweek. Uh, and look, I, I don't think uh, East are going to get going to get points off them. But then again, East were the last team to beat beat um, Lions. So uh, you never you never know. But uh, but yeah, I think uh, Souths. I think they'll fall short as far as, you know, making that top four. Lightning may stretch us, have to wait and see. Lions, obviously, they have already been crowned premiers. They are eight points clear off Capalaba, who it's 58 points to 50, and you've got Gold Coast United on 49. So that battle, as we've spoken about, for Adam between second and third, continues to rage. And you've got East on 40 and South on 36, and East have a game in hand. So it could almost be out of reach if Lions, if they were able to get a result against Lions. Well, it could put it out. It's have to wait and see. In terms of the NPL Women's Golden Boot, it's just all Lions here, as, as as you'd expect. Shea Connors out in front on 36 goals for the season in the league. Bella Habuda for Gold Coast is on 27 goals in second. Then you've got Tegan Riding, 21. Amy Gunson, 20. And for good measure, Marielle Hecker, a bit further down, on 15. So all four of those players are in the top 10, as you'd expect. It's just been a remarkable season. Yeah, look, absolutely. Um yeah, and with with a couple of games, go, I don't know if unless she really gets hot, I don't know if Shay Connors, you know, could could break the record. Um, I think it's forty three goals. I think um, Meg McGilligan, I think holds holds the record. I have to, I have to check that. Uh, but yeah, I, I think seven goals in three games. My mind you, when Lions at the moment averaging six goals a game, and they seem to be sharing out, maybe. 44 goals for Shea Connors is not beyond reach. There's a challenge for you, Shea, for listening. 
to the last three games, so you can score another another 10 goals and break that record. We'll move on quickly to the FQPL Women's Round 2 games, where there were two games played over the course of the weekend. This was the, this was the round which was was halted partway through due to the most recent lockdown. So in in that originally scheduled round, Brisbane City did win by 1-0 over Virginia back about a, two months ago. Now, in the games played this weekend, Mitchelton 5, Southwest Queensland Thunder 0, and Peninsula Power Adam picked up their first win of the season. A 90th-minute winner from Tegan Van Vegshaw gave them a 2-1 win against the Gap, and it's good to see them get their first win, and good for Alex Smith as well. Yeah, congratulations to Alex Smith. First first uh, win as a senior coach in the uh, the FQPL women. But, uh, yeah, it must, must be a bit of magic left over from um, the men's game early in the night uh, to, 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 for the women to go get that first win. I think, look, that's... It's important for them that you know that they they get they get a win. Um, obviously, that will give them confidence uh, with a couple couple of rounds to go, and then you know onwards and upwards for next season. That field alteration worked an absolute treat for both <laughs> men and women. There's one game to be played in this round with Western Pride hosting Logan on Wednesday night. We'll, we'll bring you that result next week. Olympic, despite not playing this weekend, they do remain top of the table on 38 points ahead of Brisbane City, 35. Western Pride, 34, with a game in hand. Mitchelton are up to fourth on 23. And you've got Logan, Virginia, Gap, Western, Southwest Queensland Thunder, and Peninsula Power. And in terms of the golden boot, this is Abby Lloyd by an absolute street. As I've spoken about in the past of performance week, Abby Lloyd has 11 goals so far for Western Pride in the FQPL ahead of Nadine Keast and Megan McElligot on five and four, respectively. We'll move on now, Adam, to the FQPL FQPL one on the men's side where Brisbane City have wrapped up the perfect season. 20 games played, 20 wins. They did that with two games in the last seven days. 7-2 win over over Southwest Queensland Thunder midweek. A hat-trick from Brandon Reeves in that one. Two goals for Arthur Antonis. And speaking of Arthur Antonis, he scored again on Saturday night against Western Pride in a 2-0 win there to round out their regular season, Adam. There's only one other team who've done this. I'll let you say who it was, but that's a fantastic achievement for Matt Smith's side. Yeah, the um, aforementioned uh, Gap NPL women's team of 2016, they went uh, through the whole season, 20, 20 games, uh, 20 wins. So uh, Brisbane City joins them in the perfect regular season club. Uh, now they need to go, they need two more wins to join uh, that, that Gap team as far as the perfect season overall. So... And look, there's, there's no reason why that you know they they can't do it. Obviously, they, they can't just. It's not going to be. They still need to show up. Um, they're going. They've got. They'll have Western Pride in the semi-finals uh, next week, and then from there, uh, yeah, look, Rochdale or Southwest Queensland await. So they still got. They still got 180 minutes plus any you know stoppage time if uh, any extra time if needed. But uh, yeah, look, uh, it's two games to go for them for the perfect season. Finals are always difficult as well. And the good thing for Brisbane City is since they did wrap up the league a few weeks ago, they've actually played those those three teams left in the finals. They played Rochdale away, then they played Thunder midweek, and then they just played Western Pride and beaten all three, obviously. So they're going to the finals if they didn't have supreme confidence. They certainly will now, having beaten those three sides. And you mentioned Rochdale Rovers. They have secured second spot in FQPL with a 4-3 win over Holland Park, actually. Two goals for Connor McCauley made it. Very interesting for for Holland Park before a 92nd minute penalty from Cooper McCormick gave the what essentially is home field advantage for Rochdale Rose and that could be absolutely priceless, Adam. 
Oh, I think uh, if you had the choice of playing Underwood Park or playing Clive Burkhoff Stadium, if you're Rochdale, I think you know what it takes. So a very, very big win uh, for Rochdale on the last day to at least secure home field advantage. Um, I think Thunder were successful today. Thunder was, was successful. They had a 4 0 win away yeah. to win at Wolves Golson, Will Arthur, Wilfred Phillip, Wade Hall, and Jose Kalenga. So they tuned up quite nicely. Elsewhere, it was a 2 1 win for Southside Eagles. 90, 93rd minute penalty from Liam West gave them the win over South United and two goals from Nick Edwards gave Ipswich a 2-0 win over Sunshine Coast in the final game of the round. But Thunder tuned up quite nicely. So that second semi-final and now now confirmed at Underwood Park is looking very, very tasty next week. Oh yeah, that's that's gonna be a big that's gonna be a big game. I think both teams they, they want they want their shot at Brisbane City. I think you know, going going to a neutral venue um, in a grand final situation, I, if you're if you're um, if you're Rochdale or South West Queensland Thunder, you give yourself a chance. But obviously, they're going to have to knock each other out and over before now they get to that spot. So I think there'll be plenty on there. I think that that could be a very very good game to watch. Uh, and next, uh, I'm not sure if the once FQ confirmed the. Uh, the kickoff day and time, but wherever that is next weekend, uh, that'll be one to watch. Yes, times, date, and venues for those all to be confirmed. In terms of the table, Brisbane City did round out the perfect season, 20 wins from 20. They ended up finishing 14 points clear of Roadstyle Rovers. You've got Thunder in third place and Th- and Western Pride in fourth on 32. And you've got Itwich Knights ended up finishing in fifth. Mitchelton didn't play this week and they had to buy in the final round. They dropped down to sixth place. Then you have Southside Eagles in seventh. Sunshine Coast Fire in 8th, South 9th, Holland Park 10th, and Wynnum Wolves rounding out the bottom of the table. In terms of the Golden Boot standings in FQPL1, it's a dead heat between Yuta Hirayama and Shuto Kubayama with 15 goals each. Oled Yinka with 13 for Rochdale Rovers. So three really good goal scorers there, Adam, who've two of which have played in the NPL, and a third, Yuta Hirayama, I'm sure, will get his chance next year. And who knows, maybe he might end up finishing it off outright, but three good strikers there. Yeah, absolutely, three uh, good strikers. And, and yeah, as you said, uh, Yuki Hinde, he's, obviously he started the season and scored the opening goal of season four Olympic in MPL. So he's actually started, uh, he's given the other two uh, guys a fair head start and he's come home with wet sails. So, uh, look, you never know. Um, Roach, like I said, as long as Roach is still in the finals race, he may be the one to, you know, get, you know, get the uh, key goals. Well, if they're going to score goals in the final series, there's a very good chance he's going to have something to do with it. So he may very well end up doing that. Now, you mentioned the semifinals. It's going to be Brisbane City first against Western Pride fourth and Rochdale second versus Thunder third. Time, date and venue for those all to be confirmed in the coming days. They'll be played next weekend. We'll move on to FQPL2, which also had the final round this weekend. Although there was like one game played midweek between Virginia and Grange Thistle. It was a one-all draw with Virginia holding... Grange Thistle at home, and it proved to be ultimately a pretty costly draw potentially for Grange Thistle, who in the final game of the season played, just before we started recording this, they made the trick to Jack, trip to Jack Spear Park to play Turinga, needing a win. They went 1-0 up, and it finished one all with Omar Hamid getting a second-half equaliser, ensuring Turinga will finish in second place, and that could also be very, very crucial, given that, that those two teams will meet again next weekend, Adam. Yeah, um, yeah, but uh, Grange had their chances. Uh, they they only they only needed uh, one win out of the last two games, and um, yeah, two draws. So yeah, they they get if they've got aspirations to have another shot at 
Kabulcha, um, they're going to need to go the hard way, and that's through Turinga at Jack Spear Park next week to reach the grand final. It did look a very even game from what I saw, so they may very well fancy their chances. They're pretty near near trip to us. Not a, not a long trip either way, but that home field advantage could be very, very crucial for Turinga. Now, in terms of who will join them in the finals, we know Kabulcha are there. They've been there for a good couple of months. They secured the premiership three weeks ago. Since then, they've been on a bit of a slide, though, Adam, because they have dropped points once again at home to North Star by three goals to two. They led by two goals to nil. Luca Pullen gave Kabulcha a 2-0 lead in this game. Then two goals from Luke Perry and one from Tyler Braley-Combe, including a 90th-minute winner, actually, from Luke Perry, has seen North Star, against the odds, secure fourth spot in the in the finals in FQPL2. They needed the win because Magic United went to Sanford and won 4-0, and that turned out to be for absolutely nothing in the end because, to, because North Star pulled it out of the fire in the 90th minute. That's an absolutely unbelievable result. We'll talk about Kabulcha in the finals in a minute, but in terms of North Star, that's an unbelievable result. Yeah, when they, when they need it the most. Um, not sure where Kabulcha's form is at, but uh, look, it, it probably it robs probably Magic United, who I think in that, in that league has been the, the hottest team in that league. They did everything they could. Um, but at the end of the day, North Star had the um, opportunity and ha- had it in their own hands, and they took it. Um, so, so yeah, yeah, well done to them. They'll get another shot at Kabulcha uh, next weekend. I'm sure I asked you this question last weekend about Kabulcha. Panic meter? After That was after two losses. Now you can add a third, including a loss at home, on the night where I assume they lifted the trophy for winning the FQPL2 Premiership. Any concerns going into finals with three straight defeats? Or do you think they can turn it around next weekend and move into the grand final? You know, um, look at, looking at the side, looking who they who is coach here, you know, Terry Kirkham is a very, very experienced coach. Been there, been to the dance plenty of times. That's, that's the only reason why, and a number of senior players in that side, um, is why I wouldn't be too concerned about Kabulcha, uh next week. I think that they will turn up, and you know, now that things are back on the line, um, I think that they'll, they'll do the job next week. But, uh, yeah, look, if it wasn't for that, I'd be really concerned three, three uh, losses in a row is not the sort of form you want to go into a final series. But then again, this is Kabulcha. Look at who the coaches, look who the player is. And um, yeah, look, but then again, North Star can go back to um, Morton Bay Complex next you know, next week and just try and replicate. You know, nothing to lose. Um, they've got a very, very you know, good young team at North Star. Um, and again, they, they look, they, if they go in with nothing to play for, you know, but to, but to uh, win, you know what? You never know. So I, I expect Kabul to get the win, but it wouldn't shock me if uh, if it did sort of um, sort of unravel. Well, very few teams have gone to the Morton Bay Complex and got anything out of Kabul to this season. So for North Star to do it two weeks, no, would be absolutely remarkable. We'll have to wait and see if they can do that next week. As I mentioned, Magic United, two goals from Jacob Batubi in a 4-0 win over Sanford. Ultimately, not enough to get into the top four, but a pretty good season from them. And in the final game of the season in FQPL 2, Coomera Colts have gone 19, 20 games without a win, one draw and 19 losses, Adam. They played Virginia at home. They picked up a 2-1 win. So they're all off the mark at the final hurdle with a 2-1 win. Two goals from George Kamano in the first half hour. An equal, a, a goal back from Michael Geddes for, for Virginia. And they were hanging on a bit at the end, Coomera, but they were able to get over the line ultimately. Yep, and it means that every 
club men and women across MPL and FQPL have now registered at least one win this season. So well done, Kumra. And well done the Peninsula Power Women last night for you know getting that getting you know, to the, for achieving that. So, uh, look, uh, it's been a long season. It's been a difficult season for Coomera. Um, look, at least, you know, you can only say you're as good as your last game, you know, going into next season. And, look, they'll go into that next game as a last-start winner. Gives them something to build on in the off-season as well. We'll go through a table now in FQPL to the Caboolture. Uh, they ended up finishing eight points clear of Turinga Rovers, 47 to 39. Grain Thistle also won 39 points. North Star, 34 Magic 33, then Sanford 21, Virginia 21, and Coomer at four. In terms of the FQPL2 Golden Boot, this has been a case to shut the gate for a while now. Sean Karambasis of Turinga, 19 goals ahead of Joe Copas and Dylan Proctor on 13 each. Tyler Bradley Cohn from North Star on 12 as well. So it's been pretty pretty comprehensive. I think he's got a lot of those goals quite early in the season. He's Sean Karambasis, Adam. He did. Um, yeah, he's somehow defended the lead. That's uh, being in a bit of a gold drought, but uh, he he will need to fire if uh, Turinga are going to be uh, challenging for the FQPL championship, FQ two championship. Um, yeah, but because uh, I think his him scoring goals mean that Turinga are going to be um, winning. There's a challenge there for Sean Carambas, set out by Adam. We'll see if he can deliver next weekend. Do they do play again against Grain Thistle in a second? Grain Thistle in a second versus third matchup. Kabulcha will host North Star once again. Again, times, days, venues for those matches. All to be confirmed in semi-final weekend next week. Now, before we wrap up, Adam, performer of the weekend. Again, I'm going to go first week. I'm just going to say it's that Lions team. They were fabulous on 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 Friday night. 7-1 winners. And apart from the obvious, very unfortunate injury, that was an unbelievable, unbelievable game. Yeah, no, I, I, tend, I tend to agree on that. Um, yeah, the Fab Four of attackers at... Lions, you know, try and stop them. I think uh, they've been brilliant. And this, like I said, to to do that, you know, on a big stage as well, um, yeah, it just shows, you know, you know how how good they are at the moment. Like I said, I, I say it every week, and I'll say it again. You know, they are the best women's club team in the country right now. I was tempted to think of to Andy Pangeli for his goal celebration, but we'll stick to matters on uh, the yeah, field. He gets the honourable mention. That was uh, <laughs> check it out if you uh, if you see the MPL TV on demand or the highlights. Uh, yeah, he yeah his goal celebration was um, yeah I'll give that I'll give the thumbs up. And I think it was also taken in good humour. But that'll do it for this yes. edition of the Brisbane Football News MPL Thunder Show. Adam, thanks for joining me once again. Yep, thanks, Scott. We'll be back once again next weekend in semi-finals in FQPL as well as potentially a decisive weekend in the NPL. We'll talk to you again next week.